What is up, Podheads? Tony back here with the Podio Slave Podcast. I am joined by Anthony. We just had another phenomenal conversation, which you know you clicked on it, so it's going to be good. Uh, Anthony, how you doing, man? I'm good. We're uh, recording on a Saturday. We are, yeah. Yep. It's rare. How many? We've done a few of them. A handful, yeah. Yep. Weekend Warriors. I think we've thrown that out there. Yeah. And the, the, the nice thing about doing a Saturday is don't feel like we're cheating on anything, per se. Like, you know, doing stuff we shouldn't be. Like, oh, no, this is just, this is what we're doing today. Like, we have a conversation with Marshall Gallagher of Teenage Wrist, which we've wanted to do now for a couple of years, and we had it. And uh, he, was a, he was phenomenal. It was great. And we, we didn't feel like we had to rush anything or get it done in a certain amount of time. It was just a, a free-flowing, awesome conversation. Just let it cook. Yeah, there's like, I think my kids are sleeping. Like, I think it's nap time here. So people just people like, are mowing the lawn, you know. Mowing the lawn. <laughs> Let's just let it rip. Yeah, I and we we tell them this at the beginning of the episode. I think if we had a fantasy draft of modern bands that we want to chat with, they're at the top of the heap. Teenage Wrist. Mm-hmm. I think they they check every box. They're at the middle of the Venn diagram of I think everything we love sonically, like music wise. Man, they're it. I mean, who who's who's better? I don't know. You you tell me, listeners. I don't know. Yeah, no, I. <laughs> They're great. We, you turned me on to them a couple of years ago when Earth is a Black Hole came out and you had it in your top five for 2021. And I was like, all right, let's, let's, get, let's dig into this. And then we were both super excited for Still Love, which just dropped uh, a little over a month ago now. And for good reason, because it's fucking phenomenal. So they're, the, the arrow is pointing upward for Teenage Wrist, and we're, we're here for it. And uh, to, to be able to talk to Marshall about where they're at right now and uh, you know, how they got there. Pretty cool stuff. Humble guy, creative guy, down to chat. I, we tell him this at the end. Like we're bigger teenagers fans than we were two hours ago when we started recording this, and we're stoked for them, and we're stoked for you guys, the listeners, to check it out because we're jumping into it right now. Marshall Gallagher, teenagers, let's go. All right, we're here. Marshall Gallagher, teenagers in the flesh. Howdy. Well, sorta. I know, right? <laughs> yep. So if, I mean, the whole video won't come out, but if you're seeing like clips of this on social media, Marshall's just a silhouette at this point. <laughs> yeah. If you could just put like a big question mark in the middle of my face. Oh, that yes. Would, I uh, can definitely do like, that. What, yeah. What are your effects capabilities? <laughs> not bad. I mean, we're, we're better than your average Joe, but I'm not sure. Like, <laughs> we're not like going to go work for, you know, Sony's pictures or whatever, but we're, we're not You're bad. Right. We're not bad. All right. Cool. Well, you know, whatever you can do to make it mysterious and maybe put some uh, dramatic music behind this part. (laughs) Yeah, we'll do that. I like all that. I like all that. So, Marshall, if I if we, Tony and I had a podcast interview fantasy draft, I think you slash Teenage Wrist would be number one draft pick for us. Wow. Outside of Legacy X. I'm going to qualify that. Outside okay. of Legacy X, I think you guys are it. Holy shit. Well, no pressure then. <laughs> Gotta butter you up early, right? Yeah. No, no pressure, man. No pressure. No, <laughs> you guys do a lot of the things that we love musically. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, we're kids in the 90s. Uh, we listened to everything that came out then. And we just get that, not nostalgia vibe, but like the, the vibe that we get from those bands, we get listening to Teenage Wrist, especially this new record. So, 
awesome. it's it's that feeling that's like oh man I, this scratches an itch that not a lot of bands for us were doing you know up until maybe this last couple of years so and yeah. you guys do it really well thank you yeah well that makes sense i mean i am a child of the 90s as well and you know that was just all, all that music was just around me, you know, whether or not I was like actively listening to it, like, you know, especially in like the Soundgarden, Nirvana, Pumpkins, et cetera, days, like, you know, I was obviously like, I don't know, eight, nine when those records were coming out, but yeah. like it was still, you know, around the culture was around. And, uh, so yeah, like when Anthony and I actually, both of us are, you know, similar where he's, he's a little younger than I am, but, you know, he got into that that era of music pretty early too. Yeah, I don't know. That it makes sense that that's what comes out because you know that's where we're from. Well, it's not forced either. Like it, it sounds like it's just embedded in what you grew up with. You know, because right, there's a lot yeah. of bands that you know it's like the hot new thing. You know, to go after a certain sound. But for you guys, it's I think we're the same age ish. You know, mid to late thirties. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm thirty six. I can I can see the gray in everyone's beard, so I know I'm in <laughs> I know I'm in good company. <laughs> you can't see it in mine, but it's there. <laughs> but yeah, it doesn't feel forced. It feels like you guys, and not that every a bunch of bands feel forced in that sound, but it definitely feels like you lived with those records, and yeah, you know they've bled into what you do because it's what you like. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I get I get the comparison that you're drawing to with like, you know, some of the some of the younger bands maybe kind of getting into the grunge shoegaze thing. Yeah. It does feel a little tired at times. It feels like it's, it's, I mean, it, it does. Okay. How do I put this? There's a pretty clear divide, I think in like, you know, the newer bands that are doing it and maybe some of the earlier like adopters of like, I don't know. Cause we, we get, we get thrown into the mix with, with, bands like nothing and super heaven pity sex you know that kind of stuff and that yep. makes way more sense to me but you know some some of the newer bands that are coming out like it like soul blind for instance like for some reason it just feels a little different it feels like there's a generational gap there and i'm not sure i'm not sure why but maybe it's just because it's farther removed in, in age or something i don't know so Marshall, we're we're not going to go back to the beginning because I we've listened to you in other podcasts. You've done that. Your story's out there. Maybe start at Teenage Wrist. So when I say the words first Teenage Wrist show ever, <laughs> what comes to mind for you? Man, uh, our first show was at a spot in LA called Vacation Vinyl. It was just a record store. Uh, it was kind of a warm up show actually because weirdly enough, our first like show show like promoted you know etc was this festival called air and style are you guys familiar with with like snowboarding stuff at all ish not as much i don't know ish. that fast yeah um sean white put it together that's like his festival i think it lasted a couple of years and they had it at the rose bowl and we like opened up one of the smaller stages and that was our first real gig because our management at the time was also i mean it still actually was like managing diplo and like a couple of other acts on the on the festival and they somehow just squeezed us on so vacation vinyl was warm-up show wow so that you get to play that at the rose bowl i mean that's 
Are you like, holy shit? <laughs> Show two. Yeah, I mean, right. yeah it, the parking lot of the Rose Bowl. I mean, it was it was still to like thirty people, but <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, it was it was a rad experience. It felt like we skipped a step, you know. I was gonna say that because management that early, people have certainly have different views of that. I guess to put it <laughs> put it politely. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, like we're uh, like we're an industry plant or something. I could see, yeah, <laughs> I could see that. But if you have the chops, you have the chops. You know what I mean? Yeah. If if you're deserving, you're deserving. Well, worst industry plant ever. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> right. failed industry plant. <laughs> that plant did not grow. Well, the reason we were managed by them, I mean, I, I say management in quotes at that time because Cam, our old singer has a solo project called the chain gang in 1974 and they were a lot more uh successful by they i mean him <laughs> and yeah so he had that management that was that was his crew and you know his booking agent kind of signed on as well ish like you know signing in, in quotes so we we just kind of had that team at our disposal like early on because you know we were just dicking around and making demos and showing them the music and they were like oh yeah this is cool if you ever want to do anything with this uh you know we're here to help kind of thing so yeah that i i would say we we started with with a leg up in in that regard that's cool i mean being being able to kind of pick the brain of uh somebody that you can kind of show you the way a little bit with that stuff that that doesn't always happen right I mean, you get a it's hard to find. It's not what you know. It's who you know in this world. It's especially in the music industry. Like it's nice to have somebody in your corner, especially that early. Yeah, and I mean, in 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 most ways, Cam was that guy. Like he'd just been doing it for for so long, even before Teenagerist existed. He already had a you know a, a great network and you know knew knew all the ins and outs, and it, it really wasn't all that hard to you know, kind of just slip into some stuff. How was that for a show? I mean, 30 people, did they, were they into it? I think so. It was, it was, <laughs> I mean, the vacation vinyl thing was just all of our friends. <laughs> so yeah, at that time, I the The one thing that sticks out for me is like Cam and I were sharing kind of vocal duties. He sang most of the songs, but I sang on like 30% of the songs and I did like backing vocals and stuff. And but we had another guitar player and we had no idea how to like set the stage up to have like two, you know, quote unquote singers, lead singers, whatever. So our guitar player at the time, we just stuck him front and center in the middle with no mic or anything. So he was like the focal point. Yeah. And then, and then we were left and right surrounding him. So it made zero sense visually. I've never seen that. Ever. I think, I mean, I've been to, we've been probably been to a thousand shows together. I've never seen an arrangement like that. So that's amazing. Yeah. It's, I, I've actually, I feel like I have seen that before, you know, because what there's, there's that thing sometimes where the singer doesn't want to be a singer, really wants to kind of be in the, the, the background a little bit. And actually, if, if I had my way, like I would be that guy too, you know, like I'd be way off in the corner and just let the other people, just kind of take the take the spotlight a little, but it does look weird. It looks fucking awkward. So you should have just gone full Maynard, and both of you have been in the back and facing away from the crowd. And that's what I'm saying. Like that's the fucking dream. Like, dude, I saw I saw Tool 
when I was like 15 at some giant arena in Denver and Maynard was doing that thing. And I was like, that's so fucking cool that you just cannot see him. Especially when you get to a point where like the crowd isn't upset by it. They're like, yeah, this is, yeah. this is still amazing. It. You know? Like, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're like there for the weirdness and they, they tool like captured all of the fucking weirdos that didn't care about the, I mean, like it was a presentation in its own right, you know, and it helps to have like production and stuff like that, which we've never really had. Like we barely get like house lights, you know, at our shows, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's, it's weird that you bring up Maynard because tool kind of exemplifies like the, the shit that I've always wanted to do, you know, just, just get weirder and weirder and <laughs> longer and longer songs. And just not really, uh, I don't know. They seem like they, they couldn't care less about what their fans think or what anyone thinks about their shit. They just do it. And it makes the fans go nuts. Like, right. They love that exactly. shit. Right. Yeah. They're out there in, yeah. in even more. Exactly. The, those, I mean, huge, huge Tool fans here, obviously. I've been listening for, for a very long time. And seeing them, I remember the first time seeing them, I was like, what is he doing? <laughs> Like, this is awesome, but I'm, I just, I, I didn't get it. And then I grew up and saw, you know, they're a different breed when it comes to that stuff, especially live show. It's, it's all about being in the building. It's not necessarily mm-hmm. about watching what the front end does. Right. Yeah, totally. Uh, that said, Tool fans are the fucking worst. <laughs> <laughs> I won't take offense to that. <laughs> I, I've never, well, I mean, I'm a Tool fan and like, you know, I, I put myself in, in the, the lower than super fan category but man those super fans are i don't know there's there's something about like math rock and mm. like frog fans in general they, they'll just like they'll let you have it if you're not like fully like i sat down at one point like an hour into the show and some guy turns around and he says like stand the fuck up man oh, this <laughs> no is cool way. Yeah, I'm like he's like this 30 year old man i'm 15 <laughs> like, fucking yell at me and man they're, th- they're three I'm songs just- in yeah. <laughs> well, what's interesting to me about interesting to me about Tool fans, it's like if you weren't that passionate about Tool, what was it gonna be? Like, if you didn't find Tool, like, were you gonna be this like animal rights guy? Were you gonna be this like you know what I mean? This like gym rat? Like, what was it gonna be? What were you gonna harness that energy for? <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, it's an addiction, just like being a gym rat or you know a drug guy or something. But you know, a lot of those people probably did all those things. Of course, not too many gym rats in the in the tool crowd. No, no, not anymore. No, no. Yeah. So, like we said, we're pretty much the same age, mid to late thirties. When you guys started, was there a sound that you were like, "All right, let's go for this"? Or as you're creating, you're like, "All right, let's shift it to this sound," or was it just, "Let's just jam and see what happens"? Uh, early on, it was. You know, there was a, a little bit of a focus. Just because, so I, I've been kind of, you know, fucking around in this general style for as long as I can remember. But Cam, when we started the band, he didn't, like, he, he loves all this music, but it seemed like he never really had a proper outlet for it. So, you know, when we got together, like, the first thing we jammed on was just kind of like this. It, it was more in the, in the land of, like, Nine Inch Nails. Oh, wow. So a little bit, like um uh, what's not indie sleaze but like like the heavier version of that 
you know what i mean i i i'm having trouble coming up with bands that that you know, the style that i'm talking about but that was like the first thing that we did and it was you know it was a shot in the dark but then he he started showing me and i i had never heard of uh like swerve driver and uh yeah. Catherine wheel and like you know some of those creation records kind of bands he he was responsible for you know getting me into that so he was like why don't we do a track that sounds like swerve driver and i was like sick i already know how to do that just you know from playing guitar <laughs> so we started off kind of you know chasing that sound and yeah it, it evolved from there it's so eye-opening when like someone name drops or references bands or introduces you to bands that somehow just missed you in the moment yeah. whether it was just like you were into maybe adjacent bands or whatever but i'm like what the hell because chances are you probably had a chance to see them but you just weren't into them you know i don't know i think maybe swear driver came and went before i was even really going to shows yeah yeah i mean and, for and, sure. yeah same can be said for like most of the shit that i'm into like a dude i just saw sunny day real estate for the first time like this year <laughs> you know because they're on the, that makes the two re of us <laughs> reunion circuit yeah and i'm not mad at it because they sounded incredible and they're probably better than they ever were you know i'm, I'm jealous i'm jealous of, of anthony because he went to a sh uh, the late august is like the busiest time of my work year and he went to the portland sunny day show and i couldn't go and i was so so like I just should be there. I screw work. Like why am I doing? Why am I doing all this? It's still eating at you right now. It is, yeah. Oh, and especially since I mean, we we talked to Douglas Robinson of the Sleeping, which probably came out last week, and uh, you get to see them open, and it's like fuck, man. I wish I could have gone to that show. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sorry you had to miss that, man. I'm sure they'll be around. <laughs> for I mean, dude, they're they're bigger than they've ever been. That's for sure so i feel like they're just gonna keep doing it i mean that yeah that's a good point like you just keep kind of grinding away at it and more and more people take notice and then a new group of fans kind of grows up and says oh I, what is this like i want to check that out do you guys think that way at all i mean i'm not like super diving back into uh, i this this is a tough one because like most most of the bands that like I draw the most, like you know, nostalgia influence, etc. They're either just no longer playing, or there's an iteration of the band that I just don't even care about seeing. Great point. Know? Oh yeah, it's plenty like, of that. Like not even any original members left, or you know, something like, or they're like seventy something, you know. But yeah, dude, when I was at that Sunny Day Real Estate show, I keep telling people this. It was like me, a bunch of forty-year-old dudes, and a bunch of twenty-year-old dudes. And I was like, the generational gap here is palpable, but I fucking love it. It's like so cool that like this this new generation is is discovering. It's like, thank God for the internet. <laughs> well, it's this weird element of scarcity too, like just supply and demand. Like they've they're kind of this like I view them as like this there's, there's a mystique around them because there's like such gaps in catalog. Yeah. And you know, we saw it with the pandemic, with all these bands coming back, whether it's they were bored and just reconnected with old members. Either way, like, I'm in, because there's a lot of bands that I never got to see that I've seen recently. I don't know if you like As Friends Rust, but I'm seeing them in a few weeks. Like, one of my favorite nice. bands from late 90s, early 2000s. Like, cool. 
I didn't think that would happen. You know, I never, uh, I never, I don't think I've even heard as friends rust, but yeah, now that I know I'll, I'll check it out. Well, if once you do go back and listen to one, which we did 20 years on with Damien from, uh, from the band. Nice. And uh, he's awesome. I mean, they're, they're Anthony got me into them two years ago when we had Damien on. I was like, wow, where have these guys been? And that, that goes back to like bands being around the stuff that I, you, you liked growing up, but maybe you just didn't hit because you weren't mm-hmm. hanging with the right person at the time or who knows? <laughs> like, it's, yeah, it's yeah. wild. It was, it was stuff was not as easily accessible <laughs> at that time. Yeah. You know, even, even with like, like buying music, it was like, okay, you had a budget for, one cd per month you know based right. on your fucking lawn mowing money or your allowance or you know whatever it was yeah but then like uh, of course the whole cd burning party thing happened and that, that made it a little bit easier for me at least probably half of my cds were burned cds i think i was commissioner of that era you were <laughs> absolutely abso- dude i have so many cds that i burned off of your binder yeah the bible <laughs> Yeah, I still I still have my giant binder. That's there's like 400 CDs in my closet, and I don't know if I'll ever touch them again. But I don't have the heart to throw them away. Or- I would tell you, you never know, because I actually fairly recently pulled out a a farewell show from a local band that that we grew up listening to and and going to shows here in Maine, and. I gave, I burned it and gave it to another friend of ours. And I was like, I'm glad I hung on to these because he had no idea it even existed because of the time. And he was like, holy shit, dude, you have three CDs of a live show of this band that I love. Like, yep, I do. Crazy. (laughs) That's so rad. Still, still, uh, yeah, still digging into the archives. Uh, I think the next big one for me, as far as, you know, bands that reunited over the pandemic, I think I got to go see Botch. Yeah. Did you guys get into botch? Oh yeah. Yeah. The Romans uh yep. LP. So good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. playing big rooms though. I'm shocked. I'm like Are they? I, I, like I don't even know. I, I we're on tour pretty much the entire time that they're, you know, gonna be doing shows. So unfortunately I can't see them on this round, but that's cool. That's <laughs> cool that they're playing big rooms. They're playing uh Roadrunner in Boston, which is three to four thousand cap. Like Whoa. I don't know the concert history archives of botch but the peak was probably maybe a furnace fest or you know what i mean that level yeah i don't feel like they were that huge not four thousand cap room level no it's not i mean the the openers help for sure but it just shows you the power of scarcity you know what i mean like yeah yeah man i mean that's that's the goal (laughs) do four records with teenagerists break up for 15 years and then come back stronger than ever there's the headline of this episode. <laughs> well, hey, and, and in 15 years, when you want to announce the comeback, we're here. So <laughs> hopefully, we'll hopefully we're 50s. all still alive. Yeah. yeah, I'll be a grandfather, but um, yeah, we'll all yeah, be in our 50s. We'll be... But fuck it, let's go. <laughs> It'll be a lot easier to probably record then too. I won't have to do as much work. Probably, yeah. You'll probably just uh, I don't know. We'll we'll be, we'll do it via telepathy or something. <laughs> we don't have to post the interview anymore. I'll have an AI version of me. Talk to you guys. Yeah, just like now. We might be talking to that <laughs> right now. We don't know. <laughs> so those early days, you're I'm dialing back to that. This is my transition here. You play in front of 30 people. Obviously, something keeps you coming back because you're here today. But in that journey early on, was there a band that showed you like this is how you do it? Or you, that you like really learned something from, whether it's 
how to talk to a crowd, how to tune between songs or anything. Was there like a older brother band that kind of you guys really leaned into? Hmm. Uh, as far as wrist goes, no, not really. Because right I mean, we we had just been doing it for so long in other projects that we had already sort of figured it out a little bit. I think probably there was a little bit of a a learning curve just playing like really really loud rock music for our singer at the time because you know his his stuff was more in like the you know running tracks lane like you know fairly poppy different mix entirely but other than that like we just kind of <laughs> I mean, we were all old already when we started it it was like i was 30 no i was, I was 28 when when teenagers like really started going which is kind of old like if you think about yeah. it, a lot of uh, think of your favorite band they guarantee i guarantee you they started younger than that yeah totally they're all like out of high school pretty much i was like dude i just i got up a tour recently with incubus playing for nice. uh, uh harris jackson i think playing bass for some reason i don't know why they got me playing bass but <laughs> they started in high school and it was their first band and they're still together, which is wild. And they're still together, and they're yeah. in their late forties, like you know, or early fifties, even. So, not a ton yeah. of a turnover either. I think DJ changed, and Dirk left, right, and Ben yep. Kenny joined, and I mean, and it wasn't like it was it was amicable with Dirk. Like he was just moved on. So it was, I, I think. I mean, I'm not. I'm putting yeah. words in his mouth, maybe, but they're the fact that they're still mostly the same and the sound is the same and we saw them in in portland what four years ago Twan, and they were on the uh make yourself tour and that was fucking they were phenomenal it was awesome nice so yeah good. and yeah and they were just like they're so young when they were doing that so many of these bands were just like right out of high school and that was always like my goal you know like fucking hit it hard right after high school free go do whatever the fuck i want it just never happened I, I didn't I didn't fall into like a a situation where everybody wanted to do that. Or, you know, maybe it's just the band wasn't good enough or or something like that. Or somebody was a shit show and couldn't keep it together. Right, uh, right. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't hit that until this band. So yeah, I we had already kind of, you know, gone through the motions. <laughs> well, it's funny, like a lot of critique with a lot of legacy bands like that is like they've changed their sound so much. And it's like, well, of course they start when they were 18. Like, <laughs> yeah. The thing is like when you're in a, when you start a band when you're 18 and you're still in the band when you're 50, people see your progression under the name incubus where most musicians, like they jump from band to band or, you know, it's not their first band that pops. So, you know, if you look band to band, it's very different, but with them, it's, you know, and not just them, but any band. And that's why like, it's kind of cool that you've you, like the wrist started when you were 28. Cause it's like, you, you kind of know yourself at that point. I mean, I don't know myself at 37, but maybe yeah. you did. at 28. Yeah. You know, it's, it's all relative, but yeah. I mean, I, I'd say we had a little bit more of an identity coming right out of the gate. We had some idea of what we wanted to do. You know, those, the, the paths changed, obviously they, they diverted a little bit from, from one another, but yeah, it was, it was nice to i mean we we still we we love to experiment and like you know because we get bored really easily we like to try shit we've never done before and we're we're bored with every record 
that we put out. I'm already bored of the one we just put out. Wow, <laughs> really? That's crazy. I'm not. Just I for can't the record, get, yeah, I can't I... get enough of it. Although you've you had to do more around it, but we've we've had it for a month, so it's yeah, yeah. I, I, I've been sitting on it for a year, so <laughs> I just yeah. hit a button and listened to it. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's where you want to be though, because I don't know. I I I miss being like a. I mean, I don't miss. Uh, there, there are records that I still just like absolutely fan the fuck out over and just play out for days. Anyway, that uh, I think I'm I'm sidetracking from what we were originally talking about. We don't mind that. <laughs> we love that shit. Uh, we, it's it's funny to hear you say that because and we've heard that from numerous artists. I mean, we've had probably close to a hundred different conversations and there are almost 200 episodes uh, with people who like they're promoting the record they just dropped where, where you're in that world right now, but they're like ready to do something different because they've been in that world for a year. And it's mm -hmm. like, I know I have to go talk about it now, but shit, like I'm ready to try something new. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I'm already thinking about like, okay, what's, what the fuck do I want to say? And what do I want to do on the next record? You know, if there is a next record, which I don't see why there wouldn't be at this point. Good, good. Please keep making music. We love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's definitely, it's, it's like a two or three year process, though, for us. Like, I can't keep up with the level of, of content creation that's required, you know, these days to, to keep people's attention. And that's probably going to, you know, bite me in the ass at some point, but that's just the way it goes. I think we, we got into you guys in the earth as a black hole era. Like I oh, remember nice. hearing the name maybe before that, but if we did, it wasn't, we didn't listen. Like I, that was the era. And right. I remember just listening to yellow belly and silver spoon. I'm like, I don't know what teenage wrist is about, but I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> That's awesome. Those those two songs, I think, are my favorite off of that last record. Yep, I, I, I can see that. They're, they're probably the most like coming from the most natural, genuine, you know, part of my musical soul. I think so. I'm I'm glad to hear you say that those are the two jams. When he Anthony got me into it around the time that it it dropped, and we. We're doing our uh, like best of the 2021, and we're like, ah, oh, this this record. And I was like, you're right, holy shit! And that's when we were like, we want to talk to these guys. <laughs> so right. to finally have you on is actually kind of big for us. We're we're super stoked to to be able to do that because we've been paying close attention now for a couple of years. And you going back to that record, even you know, two, three, four years ago for you, because when you started making it, are you a little less like, I don't want to talk about that now? Cause it's in the rear view, but it's not really. Um, I mean, I'm always fine to talk about it. No, I'm more, I'm, I'm what I guess what I'm trying to ask is more like this record that just dropped still love, which we're all about and we've had for a month, but you've had for a year, year and a half, two years. Now that you're through another album after Earth is a Black Hole, are you like, okay, yeah, I can kind of see that was a lot of fun. That was awesome. I really like that. And you have a different appreciation for it. Sort of. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the last time I listened back to Earth is a Black Hole, there were a lot of things that I was like a little bit regretful of, you know, like, oh, we should have done that differently. Like, I wish this mix was a little bit different or... I wish that we hadn't done that with the fucking intro of that song, you know, 
Right, right, yeah. Just just stuff like that. But overall, I mean, I'm very, very proud of it. And I think that was the one that won a lot of people over. So, which, you know, it makes me feel good because that was the, the first record that, you know, I was kind of at the, at the helm, you know, in the, in the driver's seat or whatever. So it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like you're, you're always your own worst critic, right? So I'm always going to hear all the mistakes and all the shit we should have spent more time on or whatever, or maybe not, or just the shit we shouldn't have done at all. But overall, very, very proud of it and always stoked to talk about it such a good album i love the artwork between your name the name of the album and the visuals i'm like i don't know what's going on but i'm in like <laughs> i want to know whatever's going on there like i, <laughs> I want to know okay so here's a question for you i want to yeah. know what you guys think of when you hear the band name teenage wrist <laughs> did we not just talk about we did too <laughs> yeah yeah i think it's one of those situations where you can't judge a book by its cover, honestly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm being honest with you. I'll be real with you. Like, we, at first, I'm like, I don't know. I'll check it, maybe, you know, and there's a million things to check out. But then you hear something on a playlist or you hear, you're, you open for somebody and you, you catch it and you're like, oh, my God, like, why, wh what am I doing here? Like, this is amazing. And, and don't, maybe don't worry so much about the sound of something versus name-wise versus the actual right. sound of the music. Yeah, I mean, well, that's kind of how I feel, too. <laughs> like, like the name Teenage Wrist doesn't really speak to me anymore, you know? I'm almost, like, scared to say it sometimes. Because, like, you know, the band started 10 years ago. We, nearly 10 years ago. We were a lot closer to, you know, being a certain age than we are now. I think it's, it's like, you know, grabs your attention. A little bit, which I think you know, sure. may, it may have been why it happened in the first place. But yeah, <laughs> it's one of those. It's another one of those weird regrets. But at the same time, like, I don't know what the fuck else we would have called it. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, that's kind of what I was thinking about is like, we know you as teenagerist. So if you in another world, if you came out as like a the band, the blank, whatever, it wouldn't yeah. fit. And maybe it's because I'm like blinded by the context I have of you guys now. but it works and it fits and yeah and it's too late to, <laughs> to go back on that's it. that's always the that's I mean, always look at our round. name i mean yeah yeah our name was it was the best we had at the moment and yeah and now we're almost yeah. four years in and we're like shit should we change it but like right. we don't want people to like not know who we are oh it's those guys from that no i i want you to still know we're still here like that type of thing yeah yeah i mean whatever there's like i can't even come up with a band name that I love, you know, like all my favorite bands are the dumbest names. <laughs> Fucking Blink One Eighty Two, man. We've yeah. we, this is part part of our conversation the other night, yesterday afternoon. We're like, I mean, and then thirty years go by, and you're Blink One Eighty Two, and and it works obviously because the music was good and people dug it. But would they have liked the do over as they started to gain traction? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, probably. But whatever they're going to come up with now is like, I don't know. It's probably not as cool. Yeah, there's it's it's removed from the you know all the iconic shit that they did. Yeah, teenage wrist like it, it felt like one of those things where it was like okay we have to name the band now because we have six songs and we're gonna record them and what are we gonna do? And so Cam was like, hey, have you ever heard this song, Teenage Wristband, by Twilight Singers? 
And he was like, what if we just called it teenagerous? And I was like, great, done. <laughs> you know, because like, we never expected it to go farther than our, our fun side project, you know, that we were going to put out ourselves. And <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny, like we we've talked to so many people like we think there's this elaborate scheme or plan or like brain trust that went into anything. In most cases, it's just product of the moment. People being in a room, urgency, labor yeah. pressure, like there's not a big story in most cases. Yeah, fully. So much of this shit is just spur of the moment, like game time decisions. Like we came up with the name. Uh, for, so the uh, the label that we put our first EP out under is just us. It's just we had to come up with a fake label name. <laughs> so we were like, okay, let's just put two fucking words together that sound cool. Pale Wave. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know, there's this band afterwards called Pale Waves, and there's no connection <laughs> at all. Like, they got it from someplace completely different, and we just came up with two random words and stuck them together. Shit just happens. <laughs> you know, there's no, there's no conspiracy. Right. Yeah. And you just don't know what is going to maybe take off and then you're stuck with it. So, you yep. know, as to not lose the goodwill you've built up over, you know, 10 years and people starting to take notice and really liking what you're doing. And like, do we do we like halt that by changing stuff? Like, I don't know if that's you know, that's no. a tough that's a tough thing to do. Yeah, you, you can't I, like whenever I've tried to or whenever I've seen a band try to rebrand in that way it just doesn't really catch you know it doesn't it, it it only works to your detriment i think it, it like i don't know at this point i'm thinking about the name teenagerist like like a shitty tattoo that i got when i was 18 you know That's like so i <laughs> like i I, thought, I love it you know it's it's part of my history it's part of my identity and i would never remove it <laughs> you know but it, it does have a certain you know, like really that's what we decided was going to be cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's so funny yeah. we have names for that stuff band vantage and bandicap and <laughs> it, it, it just it, you know you just don't know and i think it's right in the middle honestly because like it makes you think and you're like all right what what could this even be like i have no idea by the name like what it's going to sound like but at the same time you're like do i want to check it out i don't even know like it, it's yeah it, it fits right in the middle there mm-hmm <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to lose the, uh, like what you said earlier, Tony, or yeah, Anthony, yeah. Tony. Uh, <laughs> directed it. All of you guys. <laughs> too many times. Yeah. <laughs> About not judging a book by its cover. I, yeah, I don't know. Band names mean nothing to me anymore. I, like, I don't even care. That's but, smart. Honestly, yeah. that's smart. Listen to music. Make your, make your, formulate your opinion that way. Right. And they all, they all are starting to like sound the same to me the band names it's like there's there's only so many notes in a scale there's only so many words you can pick from so i'm gonna jump this is the awkward transition to the new album still love which it's a front runner for album of the year it's funny i probably said that in the last three guests but i hadn't heard like the album i'm currently talking about when i said that so i actually really mean it right now it's so good Thank Epitaph you. records came out what about a month ago at this point by the time yep. this drops about a month ago and it's funny you said that you sat on it for a year. Right? Well, I, by sitting on it, I mean we were making it. You're making like, it, yeah. Like, like, we started making it a year ago, started recording it, and then just had to get the wheels moving, you know, get the machine up and running to, like, get ready to release. There was, there was a long 
uh, runway with like singles and and the the reason why it's taken so long uh, in the past and 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 for for this cycle too. And I think this just changed recently somehow. I'm not sure the ins and outs of it, but final production it takes like a like nine yeah. months to a year. It's like if you want to for release sure. your vinyl at the same time as your music, you got to wait fucking nine months. So that's that's where we you know that that's how we planned it out. We had like four singles come out, and it was just so we could kind of pad waiting for the vinyl release or the production rather. Sorry, uh, awkward pause here. Before you jumped on, Marshall, Tony's neighbor was mowing his lawn. My neighbor <laughs> is mowing his fucking lawn it's right like, now. Bro, we're trying to do a podcast. <laughs> Don't you know? Like, come on. Yeah, you should Jesus. put signs up. Podcast yeah, in, basement, in progress. So it's, it's right up here. But you should anyway. get one of those on-air lights. <laughs> I, have, I have a sign on the door, but that's just for my wife. It's just, <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't stop the guy outside of this fucking weed whacker. It's like, bro, come on, man. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so if you hear there's, that, we apologize, everybody. There's probably uh, there. something going on on my end too. I mean, I'm in I'm in Hollywood right now. Yeah, you've got like, all there you go. Yeah, yeah. L- yeah, LA is the land of like never ending yard work. <laughs> <laughs> it's like every single day of the week, weed whacker outside the window somewhere. So I get it. Well, we're we're here in Southern Maine, and it was a gorgeous 80 degree September day, and people are like, "I gotta mow my lawn like two more times before the snow starts." So <laughs> they're all getting it in right now. <laughs> gotta mow my lawn two times today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. So yeah, you worked on it for a year. It's out in the world. You guys are are you getting ready to go on tour to to support it? You're talking to us to support it, like. Obviously, I think we've heard you say the creating piece is maybe your baby, your bread and butter, the stuff that you like the most. But are you excited to go on tour more or are you excited to talk to guys like us? Say guys like us, please. I mean, yes. Yes to all. Like, I don't know. It's it's still wild to me, like connecting with with any fan, you know, like any anybody that like really takes the time to to dig into our shit and like it, it hits them in a way that's meaningful in the context of their lives. And like, that's just still so fucking crazy to me. Like, I'm so grateful for it. So I'm, I'm always, always happy to connect with people and talk. I am very excited to start playing this stuff live. Some of it we're rehearsing right now and it's, it's, it's really fun. It's really hits hard. The other part of it, like the other like three songs, are just like terrifying to play because <laughs> like we just have not figured it out yet we haven't figured out how to make it sound good so i'm a little nervous and we also did this thing on this record that we it, it was a little bit short-sighted it like in that we had a bunch of features and now I, we don't know how to fill that space. Right. <laughs> like, SA is not going to follow you guys around. <laughs> Probably not. He's not going to jump in the van. You know, <laughs> that would be pretty cool. And I'm not going to rap. I'm not, you know, in any position to do that. So, yeah, it's, it's some of it's going to be a little weird, but it's just going to be, you know, it is what it is. We're not going to have a fucking saxophone player out with us. We're not going to have Dave from fear before screaming his lungs out you know i'm gonna have to probably fill that space i can't pitch shift my voice up an octave to sound like soft cult you know 
<laughs> it's just going to have to be the alternate live version kind of thing. But it'll come together. Well, that's that's one of the things that stood out with the album is you have saxophone. So I used to play alto sax. You did too, Tony, right? Sick. I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah Until about like, like 30 years grade. ago. Yeah, yeah, it was a while ago, yeah. Were you guys on the ska band? <laughs> <laughs> we, we had names, but we never had the chops. <laughs> Hey, we were in a band called Mustard Plug. No, uh, <laughs> no. There's no band name that's too bad for Scott. There you go. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like I hear the saxophone on Sprawl, the cello on Diorama. I think they're scratching on Sunshine. Can you confirm? You know, <laughs> maybe I'm just going to let that one marinate. Ooh, like maybe I'm okay. just going to let that one just like, it's, it maybe could be. Who uh. knows? <laughs> It's All not right. credited. That just made the episode, actually. We're gonna, yeah, we're going to say sorry to Sean. We tried. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, there is S.A. Martinez from 311 on it, and that's, that's pretty badass. I mean, we're, we grew up with 311. Uh, one of the first, like, Anthony and I have known each other for 30 years, but once we hit high school and we had lockers next to each other and we, we listened to Sound System, like, uh, every day <laughs> in junior year of high school. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Uh, to ha- have you guys be able to tour with them and then obviously pull san for a feature is just badass shit like i love that stuff that's fucking crazy dude like i don't know 311 is one of the most important bands for me like period and in, in, in my history you know that was like one of the it, it was the first band that i actually like really dug into as a fan you know like started getting into the whole history and buying multiple albums and you know just just knowing them front to back like knowing all the members names and shit like that like that's the first band for me so it was it was pretty surreal to you know be on tour with them and hear essay's voice on a fucking track that that i helped make he sounds maybe better than ever yeah so he good. sounds he sounds the same right like better. yeah i'm yeah i'm listening to it and i'm like was this an old verse that he just, he just commissioned, like, <laughs> yeah. that he just dug up for you guys? Like, it's, it's sick. I don't know. I, I'm putting myself in your shoes. I'd be geek, geeking out because we grew up with them and we still catch them when they come around. Yeah, yeah. They're still so good. You know, they, they're a live band forever. And a great one at that live band. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. And they're, they're still going, man. They're still, I don't, I don't even know what else to say about 311. Like, Tim Mahoney is one of my favorite guitar players in the world. And just the fact that, like, we connected a little bit on the last tour, and he was like, man, you're a great guitar player. I'm like, okay, I can, that's I can die now. Like, that's, I can, I can quit tomorrow, and I, Let me I catch would my be breath. so happy. <laughs> yeah. Well, we get to talk to Peanut a couple summers ago. He, he uh, graced the podcast, and it, we were all, like, in the moment, like, holy shit, we finally made it. Like, we got, this is a band we've been following forever. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. Let's chat. And he was fucking awesome. And his kid yeah. played the Tetris theme on piano for us in the middle <laughs> of the episode. Right. That's, right. <laughs> That's incredible. Wow. Yeah, dude, Peanut's the nicest dude. He's so rad. He was actually slated to play bass on the record for like a couple of songs. Uh, but we just never like actually had the opportunity to get in the studio with him which is you know it's it's tough if you're doing instrumental stuff so he sent us like a couple of tracks and you know we like had some notes kind of thing and it was just it was too late you know it was like okay we we'd have to we're in mixing phase already at this point you know it's it's just not gonna happen yeah down the line 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. We could do some remixes. So when you started writing this, like, did you, was it a, I imagine it probably wasn't a goal to have features. Is that just like naturally how it happened or? Yeah, kind of. Right on. There was just like a bunch of blank space on the shit that we had written. And rather than try to, you know, slave over it and figure it out ourselves, I, I just kind of started sending it around to to people. Like, you know, we had just connected with Softcall. We just toured with them. And somewhere in the middle of that tour, I, I sent still up to, to Mercedes and was like, do you want to finish this? <laughs> like, do you know where to take this? Because I don't. And and she sent it back and it was like, okay, this is perfect. That's it. Yeah. No notes. <laughs> I think it's my song of the year. It's perfect. Yeah. Awesome. Man. And, and I mean, I've listened to it a ton myself, and I'm, it, but it's so fucking good. So that's good. so cool. If it sticks around after a month, you know, that's, that's a huge compliment. Because not, not a whole lot of records stick around for me for, for a month. That's a good point. I, you know, and that happens a lot. Like, New Music Friday pops off. You, four or five things, maybe you want to check out a song, two records, whatever. And then, is it still there a week later? Is it still there a month later? Is it still there next year? And that doesn't always happen. Like, you, you check in the moment, and then maybe you move on to the next thing. But when stuff sticks around, you're like, okay, this is worth something. Like, I'm really excited about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there, there's maybe one or two records a year that I, I find that with and I like, keep going back to. So that's a huge compliment. Thank you. <laughs> this year's going to be tough. There's so much stuff this year. Oh, yeah. A lot of, a lot of like personal legacy acts have like come out of the woodwork and it's like, how do I stack this up? You know? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tough, man. Everyone is always doing something. Was there any song or verse or sound, like anything sonically, wherever, whatever, that you were like, we fucking did that? Like, I, that sounds. <laughs> That sounds fucking amazing. Because, like, it, I'm not a musician, but if I wrote one note of this album, I'd be like, fucking did that. Yep. Fucking did that. <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, kind of this whole record. <laughs> like, and uh, a lot of it, a lot of that feeling comes from the fact that we uh, self produced. And, oh, yeah. And, like, there you go. Uh, our, our buddy Kevin. Kevin McCombs, who engineered the last Teenage Wrist record, Earth is Black Hole, uh, was a co-producer as well. And, you know, kind of like driving the, the engineering realm, as well as just kind of, you know, being at the control, you know, at, at the console, more or less. Anyway, but he, he wasn't like heavy handed in any way. You know, he was just kind of like facilitating what we wanted to do. And then like, you know, any any creative input that he had was like, okay, yeah, of course, that's a no-brainer. Let's definitely do that. So it really was the case of like like realizing exactly what we wanted to do. And and that is a really, really, really cool feeling. Especially when you're doing shit that like you haven't done before. Trying things that you're like, we're not sure if this is gonna work. Like the saxophone thing. I was like, this is a shot in the dark. This could suck. <laughs> Would you have done that early, like back in the day, early teenage rest? Like, my guess is maybe no, right? No, no, no. way. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely no. That was not on the table. We were not uh, experimenting in that way yet. It was a different, different mission entirely. And we just were not the same people, you know? Well, I mean, that goes back to what we said earlier. And maybe when you're in a band 
at 18, you're definitely different than when you're 50. But even when you're in a band at 28 and you're now 36, you're you're a different person and, and you like different things and want to try new, you know, horizons and go go yeah. a different way every now and then. Wildly different. I mean, even uh, lyrically, like so much of our early shit is just like, just bummer stuff, you know? It's like all the lyrics are just like dreary and, and sad. And that's because that's, that's how I fucking felt at the time. You know, but now I'm, I finally have some grasp as to like who I am as a person and I'm comfortable with it and uh, I'm a lot happier than I was. And so, yeah, some of the lyrics are all of a sudden like kind of positive and kind of hopeful and, you know, not something that we would have ever done or said in the earlier days. So that alone just reminds me of like, the name of the album and the title track like still love like this this happened that happened but i still love like was that was that intentional or yeah absolutely yeah, right on yeah yeah totally intentional it, it's it's uh oh how do i how do i put this no pressure because you, you're gonna make or break my feeling of the album right now <laughs> <laughs> well in that case, yeah, I just i wrote it when i was on the toilet and it means nothing. <laughs> no, I mean, all to to speak to that point of like, like doing something and being really fucking proud of it. This that that song in particular feels like it sort of encapsulates how I was feeling and what I wanted to say on the whole record. You know, because it was like the the general theme is like, yes, I'm deeply flawed, deeply fucked up person. You know, we all are especially especially men you know we we're, we we've had to do a lot of a lot of searching and a lot of fucking up and a lot of hurting other people and a lot of hurting ourselves to like get to, to where we are and that's that's the nature of it but you know i feel like we're, we're coming out the other side and we're all slowly becoming better versions of ourselves and you know the the good intentions are there and hopefully they they shine through so uh, yeah, it was totally intentional. I love that. That's great. And and that's that's why we started this is to get answers like that about a record. Like we get that feeling maybe listening to it, but to hear you explain it, it's fucking awesome. Awesome. Oh, I'm yeah. glad that's, that the, that's good the feeling comes across because yeah, definitely there were a lot of a lot of lyrics and stuff in the early days that didn't really mean anything or make any sense. Hi. <laughs> that's that's my girlfriend she uh that's my girlfriend stacy over there hello <laughs> hey stacy but yeah they just so she has a band called tragic magic nice and nice. they just they just put out their first uh release yesterday they had Ooh, a celebratory nice. we'll tag it in the notes yeah congrats last night which is why i'm uh semi hungover <laughs> <laughs> it's funny i almost made a joke about that like it's, it's... <laughs> It's like when people put on glasses and they don't want to be seen. Uh. <laughs> oh no! This yeah, this is fully unintentional—the silhouette thing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I I would prefer that you don't see me, really, or hear it, me. It just adds to the mystique, <laughs> man. We love it. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, I can't I can't recreate the mystery like Sunny Day Real Estate does. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I feel like it's it's almost impossible to to do that now to like have any sense of mystery about a band because people like people crave content so much but then again you know there's that whole 
scarcity mindset you were talking about like the how that builds and and feeds you know that's that's tough that's tough to engineer i don't think you can fake that i was gonna say it's tough and it's tough when you're on the like consumer end where it's like all these years have gone by do i even want to know the answer and i feel like (laughs) in most cases i don't want to like I, i love the mystique because you once you know it's over you know what i mean or maybe in some cases it is enhanced you know what i mean like the story behind it enhances it yeah there's some bands that i i would love to interview if we had like five hours but i'm staying away from it because i kind of want to leave it alone i know who you're talking about but yeah yeah and, yeah. I, and like <laughs> me who's not i didn't live with it as long as you did i'm like let's talk to him let's do it <laughs> so, right i'm like i, I, I get it <laughs> like what if i don't like the answer but with you marshall i've loved every answer you've given <laughs> Well, they say don't meet your heroes. There you go. Yeah, it's that concept. I have a feeling you guys are talking about somebody, uh, you know, deeply heroic in your lives. (laughs) Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. (laughs) Sometimes you don't want to poke that bear. Yeah. Yeah. There's a few of them, and then, like, all of a sudden, they out of the woodwork, and they haven't put a record out in 7, 11, 13 years, whatever, and you're like, shit, maybe they're gettable. Maybe we could talk to them. But do we even really want to? Because you just don't know what you're going to get. And, and yeah, like, I mean, Anthony, you spent time with some of these bands that you'd want to spend the five hours, and they don't do that. So it'd be hard to do. Exactly. Yeah. So, Marshall, the, the album has been out for a month. How is it being a creative and just, you kind of release, it's like a fish, you're letting it out back into the ocean. <laughs> like, how is the reaction? I, like, I'm not going to say you obviously have looked, but like, I feel like most human beings would look to see like reviews and comments and all that stuff. Yeah, sure. I mean, there's there are definitely uh, certain platforms and media outlets that I deliberately stay away from because I know it's going to be nothing but shit talking, like YouTube. Yep. <laughs> and uh, we we yeah. had a, a a terrifying comment section uh, in Lamgo. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I yeah. made the mistake of looking at that one. And also, yeah, people not only just completely make shit up. But then they have the the they have to voice it, they have to put it out into the universe, and it just that that shit makes zero sense to me. Like it's it's the same guy that like just you know writes a, a five page Yelp review. It's the same guy, like yeah. confirmed same guy. He's probably the same guy that that called us woke Ken dolls, Twan. <laughs> Sick. Yeah, yeah it's the same guy. <laughs> I was like cool thanks man <laughs> like yeah thank you <laughs> there was a guy like two years ago i think it was after earth is black hole came out just dedicated like 20 minutes on youtube ripping us apart and but at that point i was like we fucking made it we did something we did right. something cool because this guy hates it like so much that he has to talk shit about it for 20 minutes <laughs> And like, if that guy talks shit on it and he's willing to dedicate 20 minutes and then upload it, because he probably edited it too. Like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) this is his life. I mean, I feel bad. I feel bad for letting him down so hard, you know, (laughs) but uh, also glad to have made such an impact in your life. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Other than that guy, uh, the reviews have been overwhelmingly positive. I think even more so than the last record, which is a good sign. Releasing music is always bittersweet for me 
because it's it's the end of something you know it's the end of uh sitting on it and you know sitting on a secret <laughs> kind of and it, it For sure. completely the end of like the recording process and you know all, all that kind of stuff that's the fun part for me recording i don't care about releasing the fun part for me is is making a thing and then so we're in this weird limbo now where we've released it it's been out for a month and we haven't played it out live yet at all and that's the other that's the next exciting part is playing it live and seeing how people react to it and dialing it in you know between the four of us yeah the stage that's happening right now not crazy about reading reviews right on. <laughs> waiting waiting to see how you know people are going to take to it so you guys you guys hit the road by the time this airs you guys are out on the road and i have two tickets to the boston show the sonya hey. show and here's the thing there's like a 10% chance I can go. So Marshall, if you had some words for my wife, what would you tell her? Like, let this, I love mother, this. Yeah. let this, let this guy go to the show. What would you say? Oh man. Okay. Well, I have to ask <laughs> why, <laughs> like, what's the 10% school night, Oof. two kids under four, Oof. just coming back two from hour drive, York. two hour drive, just oh coming God. back from a long weekend in New York. Yeah. So I got like everything against me. Look, man, I'm going to be honest. I don't have any words because it sounds to me like you if, ain't I, were, That's if, I, if I were you, I would be staying the fuck home. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm exhausted as a, a, a guy without kids who doesn't have to drive two hours to go see a show. So, like, you must just be in a completely different boat. You must just be you sleepwalking. I'm, I'm calling it now. I'm at that show. Yeah, we're, we're, we're gonna. I'm gonna try to get the day off of work. <laughs> we're we're, we're gonna meet in the flesh, and I'm gonna See? soak this in because that venue's it's like a 320 cap. Like it's yeah. Well, we. Need I don't you think there will be many other chances <laughs> to catch you guys in that size. Uh, you say that now, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. This this tour could go either way. We're playing some some scary big rooms for us, and we're playing some real small ones. And it, every time we do a headlining tour. I mean, it's, it hasn't happened a lot. We've done like one and a half headlining tours and we just have no idea how it's going to go every time. There are places where, you know, 30 people show up and it kind of looks good because the room is tiny. And so, you know, all of a sudden we'll get like a New York show where it's like almost sold out, like a 300 cap room. And right people are like moshing their asses off. And we're like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> you know, between here and like salt lake city <laughs> well i think i think boston will come out and that's the the show that's closest to us out. so yeah they came out last time that nice. was really cool and, and we have a, a really cool package this time mm -hmm. i mean not that we didn't last time last time is incredible i love that package i would do that package every single time if i could who was that last time uh soft cult and soft blue shimmer mm -hmm. and then soul blind was on the the later Dates. Right on. The, yeah, the, that's stacked. That's stacked. Yeah, this is stacked as fuck, and it's it's stacked this time too. And there was something special about that last tour, though. It really like that was a tour that we were gone for six weeks, and I just at the end I was like, "Fuck, I want to keep going." <laughs> you know, it's the first first tour I've ever said that about. So <laughs> wow. there, there was something in the air on that one, but hopefully this one is the same. I think it will be. I'm I'm excited for you guys to get out and and you're going out with uh, spiritual cramp, initiate 
Trauma Ray and Slowjoy. It starts 9-5. So start about a week ago when this drops. Uh, if they're coming to your town, go. Go check them out. Yes, please. Come. We need you. <laughs> Especially the Boston date, because Anthony might not go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Selling two tickets. <laughs> Selling two tickets, yeah. Hit us up with the DMs. DMs, yeah. <laughs> you'll notice. It'll be a sellout. It'll... They'll say it's a sellout, but you'll know there's two less people there's than There's a space capacity. over there that Anthony and Tony should be standing. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll check the, uh, the third-party resellers. I'll see the, the two tickets for $2,000 a piece, and I'll know it's you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we have a long history about reselling. Yeah, oh, God, yeah. <laughs> like, like, like scalping? Like out no, an- anti like, that <laughs> world and anti oh, people yeah. buying tickets and ruining it for people that just want to go see the show. Yeah, yeah, that sucks. I've always hated that. But, in, dude, in LA, though, sometimes, like, that's the only way I can get a ticket, so I just do it. Yeah. I'm a big day of guy. Like, I'll look if there's, a, yeah. if there's a show that I missed out on or... I can just, I'm just, I happen to be available. I'll look on third party sites and most of the times I can get a ticket for under 10 bucks. You know, with wow. the fees, it's certainly more, but different market though. Like we're, we're in Southern Maine. So yeah. Yeah. I imagine it's, it's quite different up there. Uh, we've never played in Maine. I, I've only played in Maine, I think one time oh, wow. on like a completely different gig at like a, a college show sort of thing. It wasn't even at one of the, you know, the proper venues. It's, it's tough to get up there. We, yeah, we've lived that life for <laughs> quite a while. And I mean, the summertime, people like to come. We have some cool outdoor venues, but we lost a 600-ish cap venue to the pandemic, and Ooh. that was a great place for bands either on their way up or in that, like, in that world, the 600-ish cap. And it, was, it sounded great, and we just had so much at that spot, and it, it's just gone, which hurts. That sucks. R.I.P. That's that's heartbreaking. So, Marshall, we uh, like we said, we're like the same age. I'm not afraid to say it, Marshall. <laughs> I am a big fan of the MTV's The Challenge. Okay. And, and I read that you may have something to do with the music. So, <laughs> my wife thinks <laughs> it's ridiculous. I've watched every season of The Challenge, and I I I had to fact check my wife. I was like, Do you remember me? watching the challenge and being like, there's a lot of the Smiths, a lot of the cure. There's like these transition music. There's someone in house that's curating this. And I read it might be you. Is that true? Uh, probably not. Okay. <laughs> well, okay. I, I, I have to clarify the shit that you heard that you just described. That sounds like the Smiths. That wasn't me. Right on. I did for a minute. I, I was doing a lot of like library music and cue type stuff that a lot of that did make it onto that show as well as another, uh, like several other kind of MTV E uh, you know, that, that sort of cue. How do you get into that? How does that even happen? Um, through a friend right actually. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I had a buddy that was, you know, just, I don't know how it happened for him, but he was like, knee deep in that world just like had a bunch of beats just laying around it was like okay i work for a record label i have ins here i'm gonna monetize this so yeah i basically just i i made a bunch of like hip-hop style beats like you know kind of more in the like from trap shit to like the, the jazzy sort of stuff 
And like for a while, like I really wanted to get into that world as far like like actually making you know music with these artists, and quickly realized that that's a grind that I can't handle. <laughs> so I don't know. A lot of these beats just ended up in a graveyard, and my friend was like, "Hey, I'll put these in my library and see if I can get them on some of these shows." And yeah, so a lot of them ended up going. That's but awesome. Yeah, yeah, I don't think any of them were cool. <laughs> Well, I just remember like, because I'd forced my wife to watch it. She's not into it. I love it. I love Survivor. I love the challenge, all that stuff. And I was like, someone inside is like pushing a sound. And I was curious if it was you. It wasn't me. I would love to push that sound. I would love to go there. But the direction that we got was like, okay, we need, you know, Kanye. <laughs> Basically. Uh, yeah. 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 It was definitely not. Uh, we need something that sounds like the Smiths here. <laughs> I wish right. I'd be all over that. I'd be making a lot more money right. <laughs> if that were the case. I'd crank those out real quick. Marshall, this has been fun. We can't see you, but like, it's been one of the best conversations we've had. Like you're, you're down to talk about it, like reminisce about the past being present. And I don't know. I, it sounds like it's going to say, I'm not going to say it, but say it. Come on. No, it, it, it sounds like, we think that you're going to be bigger than maybe you think like this album. If people heard this fucking album, sky's the limit. And like for you, it's not that you're nonchalant about it. It's just that you've lived it. But I think ah, just go to this fucking tour. That's all I can say. Just go to this tour. I don't know. I'm not a creative, so I don't know. I, maybe you're too close to it, but this is, and maybe you're not like you've said, you know, it's, you know, you're proud of it and everything, but well, I am too close to it for sure. I'll always be too close to it. I also have gotten very good at managing my expectations. That's you know, a good point. Some, yeah. Sometimes I think, you know, something's really cool and it's going to, it's going to have legs and then it just doesn't, you know, I've had a lot of failures, not failures, but just like, you know, shit that doesn't uh, go the way you necessarily feel it deserves to go. I totally, or, totally know. understand that feeling. Yeah. And you know, bringing it back to uh, being in this band as like an older person and not as, you know, not as 18 year old. The, the first half of my musical career was exactly that. It was doing a bunch of shit that I thought was really cool and nothing ever happening. So that's what I'm used to. <laughs> and, and now that something is kind of like bubbling a little bit, I'm just trying to stay present and just you know enjoy it for what it is now and and not have any hopes for the future because i i just honestly don't feel like it like i i just love i love where we're at i love where i'm at and if it doesn't get any better then that's completely fine because it's already incredible you know that's awesome that's that's a great way to think about it and you guys are having a moment and people people are coming into the stable and they're going to go to the, the tour and it's it's awesome man i'm happy for you guys and, and super stoked to have been able to talk to you today about it thanks man yeah i appreciate it really good talking to you guys yeah you guys ugh, i don't know we talk about the name but between the name the music the vibe the aesthetic it checks every box for us it, it's the venn diagram of everything that we love and you guys are at the center of it so i feel like i feel like you guys and probably me are a very specific venn diagram you're probably right. Yeah, it's it's a wild <laughs> Venn diagram, but it's it's wild that it exists. I love that the Venn diagram right. like 
does actually exist. So I'm, um, you know, I'm happy that we're uh, we're filling, we're checking all those boxes because it's checking all my boxes too. You know. Yeah. Well, Marshall, thank you for talking with us today, and uh, be on the lookout for them if they're coming to your town. Go check out that tour, please. Yes, awesome. please, <laughs> please, and thank you. Thanks, Marshall. This was fun. You you lived up to our expectations. One of the best. Yep, Tony, Tony, <laughs> Tony. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Patio Slave. We are at Patio Slave on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all of the places that you can find us on social media. Facebook, Patio Slave Podcast. YouTube, Patio Slave Podcast there. Email us at patioslavepodcast at gmail.com. And hey, if you want to become a supporter, click on the link at the bottom of the episode and give us a dollar, give us five bucks. It keeps the lights on, keeps us going. We really appreciate that stuff. Thank you.